of independent thought my name is desmond price no matter where you are in the world i want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts as always we have a great show for you today now here are our topics hello everyone welcome to another episode of independent thought my name is desmond price for those of you who are longtime listeners, I usually have a really nationally based conversation when it comes to politics. But as I've told a lot of you, I am a resident of Missoula, Montana. So with that being said, today's episode is focused more on the local politics of the Missoula community. And to that end, we have a guest with us by the name of Daniel Carlino. Daniel was actually the first official guest of the Independent Thought Podcast a year ago today. Uh, if you're interested in listening to that episode, go check that out back from my second season, self-titled Daniel Carlino. Uh, Daniel, welcome back to Independent Thought. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Desmond. I'm honored to have been the first guest on here. Um, feels really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, at the time, I wasn't really even sure if I was going to be having guests on the podcast, but I, mm. I, I feel like we got connected somehow. I, I forget exactly if I reached out to you first or you reached out to me, but uh, you were on to talk about your campaign at that time. So uh, yeah, just thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Now, for the purposes of today's episode, you are here because you are running for office in Missoula. Tell everyone what office you are running for. Right. Yeah, I'm running for city council here in Missoula in Ward 3, which is the University District uh, here at University of Montana in the Riverfront area and our slant streets. Okay. And, you know, like before we dive into all the questions about, you know, what exactly you're running on and, you know, who you're running against, I thought it would be good just for everyone to be who is listening to kind of get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to start off with some personal questions. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you're not, you know, working or running for your campaign, like what kind of activities do you do here in the community here in Missoula? Um, well, I'm really passionate about uh, working on um, different campaigns with activist groups in Missoula. Um, I helped start the Sunrise Movement here where we work to stop climate change and we organize like protests and like big community events and things. So I have really been enjoying doing that, but really anything that gets me outside, I love. Um, and, you know, the, it finally hit spring here in, in Montana after a long w winter. So I'm happy, like, to be out hiking and biking and, uh, you know, getting to snowboard this past winter. And really just anything outside, um, you know, really gets, you know, gets my blood boiling, gets me excited. So, um, you know, I love just having our river through our town and just being surrounded by mountains. Yeah, you know, I mean, for those who are not familiar with Montana, um, well, Missoula particularly is like outdoor candy land. I mean, there mm -hmm. is so many things to do in this community. Um, for those of you who have never been here before, um, definitely, you know, you should come by and check out our community at some point in time. Uh, so, you know, besides activities that you do here in the community, where are some of your favorite places to eat in Missoula? Favorite places to eat? Um, I, you know, I really am into different 
ethnic foods, you know, the lack, you know, we have at least a few here in Missoula, but I've been really liking Masala lately, which oh, is a nice yes. um, yeah, Indian restaurant downtown. And then um, I've really been liking all the food trucks. You know, we've got a different like Arabian foods and, um, and uh, there's a chicken truck and different things like that. So, uh, you know, there's a chicken, there's a food truck um, tracker here in Missoula on Instagram that I've been enjoying. And then you'll just gonna say, yes, <laughs> the, the food truck locator of Missoula, it is a very, very great resource. Everyone should follow it. Um, but, you know, kind of like, um, you know, as we start to get into the questions about why you're running for city council here. Uh, the last question I want to ask you on, on a personal level, where do you get your news from? Like, cause you know, I, I know that in time of unfortunately hyper like partisanship, you know, everyone has like their own set of like, I guess you would unfortunately call them facts. So where do you get most of your news from when you're trying to stay informed of what's going on in the world? Yeah. The news is so tricky nowadays. Um, you never know like what money or what people are behind each news sources. So I try to be very skeptical, but um, you know, I mostly try and uh, listen to and watch uh, like grassroots funded news sources that don't have big money behind them. So I like like YouTube shows like uh, Rising on the Hill that I know you also like Desmond and uh, The Rational National um, on YouTube. And you know, other things that, um, that really just kind of dive into some of the corruption in politics and, and just kind of are on the side of everyday people um, and locally, I've been liking uh, the, the Missoula Current, I think is, you know, a little bit better than the Missoulian um, as far as just being unbiased and things. So I like the Missoula Current. Um, and I also like the Montana Post for uh, it's all about Montana politics news. So yeah, I usually, you know, watch, watch the news every morning pretty much on YouTube just to try and stay up to date on everything that's going on and, you know, read whatever new articles are going on locally. Yeah, no, th those are those are some of the great places to get news from by the way i i can't stress that enough in fact for those who have been listening to me for a while i have on multiple occasions um told everyone that i think my favorite show is rising on the hill as well uh with crystal and sagar i feel like their their show is my just number one source of news i feel like mm -hmm. it's just broken down incredibly well um and also the Rational National, great place to find news. I actually just used a, a clip from, you know, uh, David Dole's show on my most recent episode. Uh, but with all that being said, let's get right down to it. You are here because you are running for city council. So mm -hmm. the most important thing that I want to ask you is why are you running for city council? Like what was the motivation for you to say, okay, I need to run for city council? Yeah, well, I think there's you know, the main motivation has been just watching all the hurt and um, with the economic um, crisis that's going on uh, caused by this pandemic. And just really all the crises that were facing us before that have just been exasperated um, after the pandemic. So in Missoula, we've got a housing crisis where well, we're not sure if we can find our next place to rent. Um, and there's uh, uh, people are being bought out of their homes for Airbnbs by Airbnbs and not being able to afford housing. and um, that's a big issue for me. And then as well as just wanted to take action on the climate crisis at the scale that we need to in the time that we have. Um, but, you know, the big turning point for me was over the summer when we were watching the movement and uh, being part of the movement for black lives in, in the United States. And here in Missoula, people are out there protesting like every day for months um, and asking for changes to our city's budget, asking the mayor and city council 
to um, fulfill what our community wants uh, as far as you know creating um, new emergency response teams and uh, you know investing in drug treatment centers and in investing in housing in our community and really trying to uplift um, people's basic needs in Missoula. And after all the protests and thousands of comments to our city council mayor um, about what we'd like to see for our community, they were all just completely ignored um, in the city's budget. And uh, they doubled down on same old uh, what they've always been doing. And um, if we keep voting for what we've the same people over and over, we're gonna keep getting what we've always had. And um, over time, these half measures of trying to take action on our environment or housing crisis have really just uh, allowed it to get worse and worse over time. So I'm running to make sure that we've got bold, brave solutions to all these issues um, that, that we have somebody on council, on city council that will listen to our activists and listen to our community and really be willing to take big strides forward and be willing to introduce uh, bold solutions to the issues that we all are facing. So I really just want to be um, an extension of our activist community on there. And whenever people are speaking out for change in our community, I want to be on there, not just to vote, but to introduce like bold solutions to these problems and, you know, fulfill what our community is asking for. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a really just, you know, like great points you were just hitting on just now. I, I like a lot of people, you know, like understand certain terms that are, you know, thrown around when we're talking about politics, city council, mayor's office, so on and so forth. And, and I'm sure that we all have like a, a loose, you know, like idea of what exactly these bodies do. But I know that me personally, and I know quite a lot of people I've talked to this about, sometimes the specifics aren't really known. So could you tell me specifically, what does the city council actually have authority over? Like, what do you have the power to control in our community if you were to be elected? And what do the current occupants have control over? Right. Yeah. In, in Missoula, um, the city council uh, create, gets to create our local laws, which are city ordinances. Um, this could go from anything to changing the way that we're zoning our housing to putting a law in that will you know, further protect our rivers and protect our environment. So laws, and then they also get to uh, make amendments and help um, the mayor's office make the city budget, which is about uh, $200 million a year. And that, you know, that shows the budget is um, really just uh, all of the tax money put together. And that's, which should um, show what our community wants. It should show our priorities for our community. So local laws, budget, and then also approving developments. Um, if there's going to be a request for, you know, a big hotel to, you know, be built downtown or any or anywhere in um, land that the city owns, that's going to need the city council's approval. So we've got our city ordinances, um, our city budget, and then the approving developments are the three uh, main duties of the city council. Okay. Okay. So th thank you for explaining that because, you know, I, sometimes I know like personally, like, I don't, I don't want to feel like stupid asking that question, but it's oh, like, sure. yeah. you know, like I, I think some of these, you know, just like minute details, which are very important are some of the things mm -hmm. that we just don't know. We don't always know exactly what we're voting for you know, right. when this comes to up when, when this comes up rather. So let me just get to the question that I feel like is the most important one to ask anyone running for, you know, for any kind of office in our town right now. The housing crisis, 
that is dominating everyone's train of thought. Um, when I reached out and asked other people here in the community uh, about the fact that I was going to be having a local politicians on to my podcast, every single person asked me if I would bring up this issue. So uh, I could imagine it's affecting you know all of us, you know, yeah. especially you and I as renters and. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's not a problem that anybody could escape. It's just one of our basic needs. So. Right. It, it really is. And as, you know, and as rent keeps going up and wages are kind of staying the same, you know, the number one question is obviously, you know, what would you do specifically if you were on the city council? What would you do to address the housing crisis? Yeah, well, we need to, um, we can't just build our way out of this problem by approving more and more housing without having regulations in place that ensure that we're gonna have affordable housing and housing that people feel secure at and can't be kicked out of their homes at any moment. So we need more regulations as well as while we're building more housing in Missoula. And you know, the big thing that I'm pushing for is inclusionary zoning in Missoula. And basically, and it just inclusionary zoning would require all new developer, all new housing developments uh, to have at least, I'm proposing 30% of all new housing developments to be set aside for affordable for low-income Missoulians. So this is how we're going to be able to take part of the housing market off of the free market where people can just keep bringing up the prices as, as, as um, supply and demand works. But this will actually secure at least a third of the new houses and new homes in Missoula um, to be affordable for people that are making minimum wage and affordable for people that aren't making a living wage. So that's really important um, to me is inclusionary zoning. But um, I've got a pretty long list of things, but another you know top couple things for me, um, there was, I believe over a thousand people who were sitting on housing vouchers uh, that applied to them in Missoula that uh, didn't get approved last year. And that's been a common theme. So can, people are- Can you explain really quickly, what exactly is a housing voucher? Yeah, so a housing voucher is a request to um, to have subsidized housing where you would have part of your housing paid for or um, by the government. And and over a thousand people who asked for that in Missoula last year, thousands of households um, weren't able to get what they were asking for. They were asking for assistance with a basic need like housing, and they were just still sitting on the voucher list, um, which could go on for years. Okay. So I would like to you do everything that we can to, you know, fulfill those needs for people and, and, you know, work with our state and federal government if we can to um, bring more funding in for housing since we're in a housing crisis here. Um, and along with that, uh, there's a affordable housing trust fund in Missoula, um, which was another one of the requests of uh, protesters this past year was asking for city council and the mayor to uh, fully fund the affordable housing trust fund. I think the request that people were asking for was at least to the million dollar mark with our budget. So I would like to, I mean, you know, fund that as much as we can um, definitely at least get past that million dollar mark. And that will help uh, uh, relieve people from rent and mortgages that they can't pay in Missoula. So fully funding the affordable housing trust fund. And then I want to put, uh, well, we need to put limits on Airbnbs and vacation rentals in Missoula because um, people have been, entire apartment complexes have been bought out by Airbnbs in Missoula. And right now our local laws allow this to happen. And people have been removed from their rentals, told that they have to leave because somebody wants to come 
make more profits off of this by having a vacation rental so they can charge more day per day. And that's driving the, I mean, the more that we have those of, of Airbnbs and vacation rentals in town, the less um, people are able to have uh, ha housing in town. So it's been a pretty big problem, especially that, that these, uh, that people are able to just be forced out of their homes because somebody wants to, you know, buy that. So putting a limit on Airbnbs and changing our um, regulations around those as well is big for me. And then um, I also want to just reform um, our TIF spending, which is tax increment financing spending, um, just to make sure that uh, more, make sure that, you know, our unnecessary spending is not going towards big businesses, but rather going towards housing. So when we have extra tax revenue, we cannot be given it out to things that aren't investing in our community. So I want to reform our tax increment financing spending to also have at least 50% of it go towards housing. Um, and that's, that's a decent list to start, but I've got more on the campaign website of ways we can tackle the housing crisis as well. Okay, so you're coming to, you know, this situation with plenty of different ideas that you believe that, you know, can address the crisis itself. And so obviously, right. with that being said, there are multiple different ways that we can go about it. And the question that I feel like, you know, that I have, and I'm sure that other people do have is what exactly is being done about it right now? But we're actually going to get to that in one second after we take a quick break. So stick right with us and we'll be right back with more with Daniel Carlino. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us again on this episode of Independent Thought. I am still joined here by our guest for the week, Daniel Carlino. Daniel, it has been a great episode so far. I want to say that as somebody who is currently a renter here in the city of Missoula, um, I do appreciate the ideas that you're bringing forth here for changing the climate in this town. Uh, I have unfortunately been a renter for the entire time that I've lived here because it is becoming just increasingly and increasingly more difficult to transition from being a renter into a buyer in this town. And mm -hmm. I feel like after, you know, the pandemic hit, it became, it went from being extremely difficult to impossible for a lot of people right. in the community. And so the different ideas that you have right now, I, I definitely like welcome them because I just feel like anyone who's trying to address this problem um it, you know that that's just a, a good thing in my mind here and you know when it comes to not just the 
the affordability of housing itself. We are mm -hmm. also having another issue in regards to housing here in the community where there is an increase like, you know, like homeless, you know, like population mm -hmm. that is just really been kind of mistreated in certain areas of the city. And there are others in the community who are trying their best to, you know, help these people out and kind of give them some basic services. Like what are some of the policies that you would implement to kind of address the homeless like uh, community here in Missoula? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, um, well, first of all, I think we just really need to change the conversation around housing. Um, it shouldn't, be a commodity and be seen as a way to make money in a for-profit business. Um, so we need to start viewing housing as a human right and it's a basic need for everyone and a building block for our community. Um, when everyone has housing, our whole community will do much, much better. Um, and I guess uh, first with uh, addressing homelessness in Missoula, um, I just wanna say that we need to um, um, take on this issue with as much compassion as we can and, um, and empathy, like putting yourself in those people's shoes. Um, like these are our neighbors and Missoula is their home. But right now, uh, yeah, ma many more people are experiencing homelessness in Missoula. And it's something that we can definitely address uh, through policy. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So you were saying before that one of the ways that you wanted to address homelessness was through uh, TIF funding, which you just you know, talked about in our last segment. Uh, could you just tell me specifically how exactly, like what exactly again is TIF funding and how would that help the, the homeless community here in Missoula? Yeah, so tax increment financing is TIF is uh, funding that is comes from property taxes and it's used to redevelop areas that the city considers blighted is what it says. So areas that they think need economic stimulus like economic boost and and they use uh tiff funding to um typically pay for renovations for big businesses in town um like like lately they gave a few million to uh, stockman bank here in missoula to be built and a few million to starbucks and other big businesses like that and it's um just been really disappointing because um you know those that's millions and millions of dollars each year that could be used to help fund housing, to help um, you know give people in our community that don't have homes a uh, safe, secure um, home. And I think that's what we need to be doing with our uh, TIF funding, um, at least as much as we can, rather than giving it out to any more businesses in town, especially big chain businesses like a bank or Starbucks. It's um, a little uh, has been ridiculous in the past, so we need to get our priorities straight and start taking care of our community members. No, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And, you know, the real question, you know, when you're talking about someone who's running for a political office, you know, like as we're going through kind of like some of these issues that you're running on here uh, is why choose, you know, like you over your opponent, right? Like, so we're going to get to that here in a second where I want to ask you how exactly you differ from the person you're running against. But, you know, before we get to that, you know, you were talking before about, you know, some issues that you had with the budget that was implemented, you know, like uh, this past year. Um, you were saying that the people of Missoula were trying to speak about some of the things they were upset about in the budget and how it wasn't addressing some of the issues that people were chiefly concerned about. Can you just tell me specifically 
what were some of the issues that you had with the budget here in Missoula that was passed and what wasn't in it that you thought should have been? Right. So with the movement for black lives in our country, we heard a lot of calls for uh, defunding the police. Um, you know, there's been over policing of our homeless population um, and turning people into uh, giving people criminal records that didn't really, that really shouldn't be having them. They should instead be, we just should instead be investing in more resources and ways to uplift those people rather than punishing them. So um, yeah, like when everything, when all you have is a police force um, and everything, all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that's pretty much what our city doubled down on. Um, it's the, our police budget is our number one, our, uh, the policing is our number one um, most funded thing on the whole city budget. And um, the mayor, after all these protests, after all these calls for please invest in uh, new emergency crisis response teams, please invest in drug treatment centers and housing and, um, and youth diversion or youth jail diversion programs and other investments in our community, uh, the mayor and city council went ahead and added another $633,000 of the budget to um, to the policing uh, or to the policing budget um, and didn't fulfill these other requests that would help c keep our community safe. So I really am a strong believer in resources um, and community investments keeping us safe uh, rather than you know doubling down on the same system and um, that would definitely also help uh, with our homeless um, you know, homeless population uh, in Missoula and you know helping give people resources and more opportunities to, um, you know, give them, you know, find themselves into a stable home and, you know, help making that easier for people. But instead they hired more downtown police to, um, to pretty much deal with, in their mind, to deal with the homeless people rather than seeing them as our neighbors and trying to help give them resources. So I think a lot of people were really upset in Missoula, especially in the activist community and the thousands of people that showed up to protest. And um, it was just really sad to see the mayor and city council just ignore, you know, everyone's uh, requests for, for imagining, a, you know, a new way that we look at community safety and, you know, finding ways to uplift everybody rather than just hitting down with a hammer like, like, like people, like society has been in the past. So it was just really sad. My main issue with the budget was just the fact that they didn't listen to our community and it just seemed like they were just, they didn't listen to the whole social movement that was going around in the country, but instead just did the same old, same old. And I think that's sometimes what happens when you have the same person as mayor for almost two decades in the town and you have, and these politicians just get so disconnected from our community and, and just talking to everyday people. Um, so it was just a really sad time to watch as an activist um, and just to, you know, see us not be able to make progress, but rather take a couple steps backwards. I was, you know, going to try to not interject too much of uh, my opinions, you know, into this episode as it was just an episode based around your, uh, your city Feel council. Campaign. <laughs> but I have to say, I, I mentioned this in a previous episode that I did. This is by far and away the absolute safest community that I have ever right. lived in. And, and 
you know, on one hand, I'm sure you could draw the logical conclusion that the community itself is so safe because of the increased police force. But for those of you who don't live here, and for those of you who do live here, I am going to tell you that that's an absolute load of crap in, in this particular case. I don't know exactly what it looks like, you know, in, in Baltimore, Maryland, or in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Miami, Florida, but in this community, there is basically no crime here. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, it's so infrequent. I mean, people leave their car doors unlocked, people leave their houses unlocked. I mean, I mean, the you, you barely hear of any like real egregious things happening in this community. And a couple of times that you do, you can probably point it out in your head because they happen so infrequently. They happen like maybe right. a couple of times a year, if that. And so if we have our police budget being the number one item in our budget, it's just inconsistent with the actual community itself because this is not a dangerous place to live. There's no dangerous things happening here. So I, I, I am astounded that we allocate as much money as we do to the police, not saying that police don't deserve to be paid or that we don't need them in my personal opinion, but the, the execution of how much money we're giving them doesn't meet the actual situation of our community. That's just my personal opinion there. Right, yeah. We. Yeah, I completely agree. Missoula is a very safe place. And I think just obviously giving people resources to meet their basic needs would go a lot further way, a lot longer way to keeping this community safe rather than just, you know, already building more and more onto our number one funded thing, which is the police. So right. it was, it was yeah. hard to watch. It, 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 it's interesting. And, and again, I want to be you know clear here. I, I think the interactions I've had with police officers in this town have been nothing but positive. But I don't know that we need, you know, a hundred police officers in a community that, I mean, the city itself has like, what, 80,000 people in it. Um, it's just, it doesn't seem exactly uh, like it's matching up. But let's right. talk about who you're running against. Sure. You are running in Ward 3, as you said, against, uh, I believe the candidate's name is, or the current city council person's name is Heather Harp. Right. Yeah. Heather Harp has been on there for, this is, was, was her first term on city council. So she's been on there for the past uh, four years now. Okay. So, you know, I, I think what people want to know, you know, like when they're, when we're going to fill out our ballots, you know, like I feel like a lot of times, especially in these local races, we don't have enough information about who we're actually voting for or who we're voting against, you know, especially when it comes to the local level, because there's just not enough information out there about local politicians. So again, thank you for coming on to this podcast. So I feel like you are doing a service for the community. It, you know, just letting people know you as a local candidate, what you stand for and why you're running. I think we definitely need more of this in our local community so we know who's representing us on these local levels. So with that being said, when someone goes to vote for you instead of voting for her, like what should they be taking in mind here? Like how would you vote on the city council that would be different than how uh, Heather Harp has been voting on city council? Right, it's um, a great question. Um, you know, first I, like if I was elected to the city council um, with everyone else on there, I would be the only person to, I would be the only renter on the city council. And I, we really need someone who's a renter on there, but not just homeowners to understand what it's like to be a renter in Missoula and, you know, not know where you're going to be able to live next and having to deal with all the different uh, uh, hurdles that renters in Missoula have. So I'd like to be, uh, I'd like to represent uh, renters on the council. Um, and um, the, the things that we need to do to take action to stop our housing crisis 
and to help protect our environment and um, and all these other things need really big uh, bold solutions and um, I'm, I'm bringing all those to the table I plan not just to be voting but to be introducing as many city ordinances as we can to help fix up the housing crisis to help have stronger environmental protections and to um, do what our community is asking for so I plan to uh, really be a leader on there in um, in introducing as all the things that we need to to you know fix up these problems um, like voting on there is typically not enough um, when we're not introducing new things and um, I also for would have spoken out against uh, the police budget this past year I would have or I would have spoken out um, saying that our community is asking for these these investments into community safety not what the mayor is saying so I I think um, I would be willing to listen to our community and not just the other uh, politicians that are in the room uh, much more um, than the current city council has been able to. Yeah. So do you feel like the current city council um, is basically just going along with whatever the mayor wants? Is that the general gist of what do you think is happening right now in our council? That's the general theme. Um, yeah. For example, with the yearly budget this past year, the mayor proposes his budget and then the city council has opportunities to make any amendments that they want and not, no one had any amendments for the for the budget despite the thousands of people commenting showing up the city council meetings writing letters no amendments and that was pretty disheartening to see because um you you know there's 12 city council members here and uh, one mayor and if they all just are going along with the mayor then we basically just have one person one office um getting to make all the decisions for our city and that doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping to, um, yeah, I think that is kind of the current theme. And I'm also hoping to be an arm on the city council, a political arm for all the activists in town and people and concerned citizens who are speaking out to actually take action um, for what these social movements are asking for. Um, when our community speaks, like I think our city council needs to, needs to fulfill those demands. And even if that means introducing new brave bold ideas um they can't just be voting we have a lot of issues people are struggling so i'd like to make as much progress as we can on there absolutely and you know like one of the things that i'm really interested about when it comes to the city council something that i learned while doing this reading myself and correct me if i'm wrong here but is it true that the city council does not have any term limits currently no there's no term limits uh, for city council or mayor um, here in Missoula, and we've had the mayor here for 16 years, going on 20 after coming up this year. So um, I would, yes, I would happily be avail, uh, uh, willing to introduce term limits um, um, if I was on city council because we we can't. Um, the farther the longer politicians are in office, the less I think that they are uh, involved with the community and our and what their, what their heart wants, but they're more playing the political game. So if we have, I would definitely uh, want to limit that to uh, at least, you know, put a limit at two or three terms because um, eight to 12 years would be plenty of time uh, on a political office I, to get, you know, things that you want done. Um, but, you know, having no term limits just uh, kind of leads to more and more um, corruption and, um, and not being able to listen to what our community wants. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I was, you know, speaking with other people in the community about this. I could not believe that we are currently in a, you know, in our city that neither the mayor nor city council uh, people have any term limits at all, like any. Like this is a this is absurdity. I, I think it's also <laughs> absurdity on the national level too that the House representatives and the Senate also do not have term limits. Right. But you know, with that being said, I am glad that you're in favor of it because I do feel like that is a better thing for our politics to actually have some constantly having new ideas in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're transitioning away from that specifically, uh, let's. I, I wanted to end this episode talking about uh, your involvement with the local Sunrise chapter. Uh, you were telling me that you were interested in pushing for renewable energy in Missoula. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, what your plans are and your involvement with the local Sunrise chapter? Yeah. Um, well, Sunrise Movement is a, a group of young people um, that there's about 500 different uh, chapters or hubs around the country. And it's uh, young people working to uh, stop the climate crisis and uh, pass a, uh, a Green New Deal to make sure that everyone has housing and, um, and every, all the basic needs met while also working to um, build, uh, you, you know, carbon-free economy and, you know, get nice, like, union high-paying jobs for everyone. So basically um, what we do is um, we try and stand with other social movements for change, not just the climate movement, um, and show up. And we also try to pressure our politicians to um, enact policies that um, – that are embedded in social justice and in climate justice. And so we're just trying to uh, get, you know, get the solutions out there to these issues that are bold and um, actually match up with science um, when we're taking on a climate crisis. So we do a lot of work, work with pressuring politicians and running young people for office. Uh, we ran about 15 young people in Missoula for precinct committee uh, positions which is a pretty small position here last year and about half of them won. So we're trying to get more young people involved in politics. Yeah. I felt really good about that. Um, and now they're, they're in the room and they're getting to make the rules for the Missoula County Democrats and um, also getting to, you know, do other things like that. So we're, we're really just trying to um, help with the people's movement to, you know, demand change and demand like COVID relief and everything that we need. And then also, try and also make our way on the political side. Um, and yeah, we've had one here in Missoula for the past about three years that I helped get started here. Um, and then also we've got one in Bozeman that we kind of work together on, on campaigns. Okay. And then, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, our next uh, thing that we're hoping to work on is uh, pressuring the county to, or working with the county at least to um, get us to hundred percent renewable energy in Missoula. And um, right now, the city's committed to 100% renewable electricity transition by 2030. And the kind of the loophole between electricity and energy is that uh, electricity, uh, 100% renewable electricity transition still allows for natural gas heating and, um, and also with transportation in town. So um, right now, the city and county in Missoula are trying to work with our energy monopoly um, hand in hand to help reach our 100% renewable electricity goal, but that energy monopoly is trying to build four new uh, natural gas plants in Montana and drill for gas plants in Montana. So we're going to be working to try and make sure that, um, that, that 
they don't think it's a good idea to build gas plants and that our county commissioners and city council um, pressure the energy company to uh, not not build those gas plants and actually help us get to 100% renewable energy. So that's kind of our next campaign that we're working on with Sunrise Movement here. Okay. So thank you again, Daniel, for coming on to Independent Thoughts today. I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you out there who have not already, uh, please go follow Daniel. Daniel, can you tell everyone really quickly like how they can get in contact with you, the best ways to reach you, so on and so forth. Tell us a little bit about that before we uh, get out of here for this episode. Yeah. yeah, thanks again for having me on, Desmond. It's always fun to get to talk about these things with you. And um, my website is just my name, uh, danielcarlino.com. And that's got a link to uh, my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and also my phone number. So feel free to call or message me on on any of the social medias and i'm happy to you know talk to everybody about what's about the issues and you know get to hear what you'd like to see for missoula yeah thank you so much uh i will have some links for daniel down in the episode notes so if you're listening to this right now just scroll up into the description of the episode and you'll see some links for daniel right there uh daniel thank you again good luck in your campaign thank you welcome back on the future if you want to come back on uh again before the voting starts oh actually speaking of which when does the voting begin uh so everyone knows for city council so the general it's a nonpartisan race so there's no democrat or republican or any parties and the general election is going to be the first week of november uh the first tuesday of november and if there is a primary election um, which is up in the air right now, it would be the first week of September. So um, I'll try and, you know, get that information out there, but we won't know until June whether or not there's going to be a primary. But, you know, keep your eyes peeled this fall for the mayoral election and uh, the city council elections. Um, so yeah, you might have to vote twice, but it'll be worthwhile. Okay. So if you are listening to this in the, in the month of June, uh, just please check back with Daniel at those, uh, at all the links again, that are going to be in the episode notes here. Uh, Daniel, thank you for coming on. And for everyone else, I'll be right back after this quick break with my final thoughts of the day. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through another episode of Independent Thought. As we conclude this episode today, I want to first thank all 23 members of my Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting my podcast and your consistent contributions to Independent Thought. I also want to thank the subscribers, all of you who are consistently listening every single week. You really do kind of help me stay engaged in politics. Uh, it helps me to know that so many of you are invested in this, which helps me stay invested in bringing you this podcast every single week. Now, first, I mean, sorry, lastly, I want to say, you know, thank you to my guest for this episode, Daniel Carlino, who is, again, running for City Council out of Missoula this year out of Ward 3. If you are a current resident of Missoula, Montana, make sure that you are registered to vote. These local elections are coming up later on this year. There might be primaries in September, but there will definitely be a general election in November. So make sure that you are registered to vote. And if you are not sure if you're registered, 
there is a link down in the episode notes where you can check your current registration to make sure that you are registered at your correct address. Now, one last thing I want to say about this episode before we transition to the end here is local elections do matter, everyone. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to cover not only Daniel's episode, but Jacob Elder's episode in the previous week. We see evidence of this mounting more and more. As our national laws are very important and are worth all the attention that we give them, these local laws are really what matter to us, I think, on the largest scale. And we see evidence of that happening all over the place, including with what just happened just last night as another unarmed person was gunned down in Minneapolis. These types of regulations that rein in you know, our police departments, these, you know, laws that are enacted and that are followed through by district attorneys. Uh, these are things that are affected by the local level. So as we are all rightly outraged by what we're seeing across this country, uh, when it comes to some of these, whether it's no knock warrants or just police brutality, or just trying to figure out whether or not people are ever going to be held accountable for what's happening in this country. Just remember that it is our local politicians that have the most power over these things. So when we're thinking about local elections, these are the ones that need our most attention. So thank you for listening to this episode and thank you for being engaged with local politics as a whole. It is my goal here to bring you more local politicians in the future and i hope that you will still be listening to independent thought when those come through now the next thing that you can expect from independent thought is in the next weeks i'll be transitioning back to the more national based conversations i will be having other fellow podcasters on as my guests so make sure that you are subscribed so that you do not miss those episodes no quotes to end this episode this week just Everyone stay active, staying engaged in the political discourse. We are stronger together. Mm -hmm.